Hey, good morning, and thank you for being a part of this online worship experience uh, as we as Hope Church remain together even though we're apart. So we're glad that you're with us. If you're visiting with us, I want to say welcome to you. I'm Jeff Bills. I'm lead pastor here at Hope, and we are always excited to welcome new folks into our midst, even virtually. And uh, so we have an exciting uh, Advent season that's going on. If you missed it, last week the kids did an, a phenomenal job. Um, they put together, even though they were distanced, not physically together, they uh, put together their, their program and it was great. And tonight I'm excited to watch as our uh, worship leaders are putting together their Advent uh, program. Very creative. You're not going to want to miss it tonight at 8 o'clock. And uh, I love this Advent season, as I'm sure you do, even with COVID, even with all of the crazy stuff that we have to deal with, I still love this season. You know, if you've ever been in love, you know that love can cause you to do some crazy things, like marrying somebody that you've only known for nine months. That was my story with Marilyn. We met in October. We were engaged by February. She'll tell you it was January. It was February. And um, we were married in July. That's kind of crazy. And I had some family in my uh, life that were kind of saying that, you know, Jeff, this is really fast, which was code for this is crazy. What are you, you barely know this person. What they didn't understand was that I was in love with her, not, you know, just, you know, that kind of head spinning kind of uh, thing that we often equate with new love. I was in love with this woman's character as I got to know her. I was in love with her passions. I was in love with the ways that she interacted with people. I thought she was really hot, but all of those other things was what I was really falling in love with. And it kind of played out really well. 37 years later, I think people are going to say, well, maybe they knew what they were doing. Those first couple of years that are often rocky for some couples, we had a blast. We just had a great adventure together. But, you know, it it was a little crazy. The story of Christmas has a lot of crazy surrounding it. Angels talking to shepherds, shepherds going looking for baby, guys following a star, a virgin conceiving and having a baby. You know, it seems like crazy and love seem to cross paths a lot. We're in a series right now, and we're looking at the Christmas story and really looking at the life of Jesus through the lens of Mary, Jesus' mother. And so what we're doing is each week we're looking at a story from Mary during the whole uh, birth account Then Mary following Jesus as he was in his earthly ministry as an adult and seeing what we can learn through Mary's experience. And so two weeks ago, we learned about the expressions of joy as followers of Christ. And last week, we talked about hope. And this morning, I want to talk with you for a little bit about love and what we can learn through Mary's story and the Christmas story about the nature of love. 
So you probably know, at least uh, in part, the story of Mary, right? She was this young woman, and uh, her whole life was kind of laid out, what she was going to be doing. She was engaged to a man named Joseph, and, um, and then things got crazy. An angel, Gabriel, appeared to her and said that God had chosen her to bear a son who would become the Messiah. And rather than having uh, this pregnancy come as a result of uh, kind of normal human intercourse, it was going to happen through a miraculous work of the Holy Spirit. When Mary said yes to God, she put everything else in her life at risk. She put her reputation at risk. She put her engagement to Joseph, her marriage to Joseph at risk. And in fact, she put her life at risk as well. And so in Matthew's gospel, we hear this story of this guy Joseph, and he has now heard from Mary, his, his um, bride-to-be, that she is pregnant, and it happened miraculously through the Holy Spirit. This is Joseph's reaction. Joseph, to whom she was engaged, was a righteous man and did not want to disgrace her publicly. So he decided to break the engagement quietly. I love this account of Joseph as a righteous man, a righteousness, not a self-righteousness, but a righteousness that comes from someone whose desire is to live his or her life aligned to the will and purpose of God. And so he hears this crazy story coming from his fiancée, and he decides that rather than doing what would be normal in that day, which would be to publicly disgrace her, to heap shame upon her, to call out you know, people and say that, that she's pregnant, it's not me, we didn't have a relationship like that, and, uh, and to bring shame upon her. And if he really wanted to, he could have had her stoned to death. That would have been normal. But here's the thing. Joseph loved Mary. And love causes us sometimes to do crazy things, like forgive, to put others first, to do no harm. Joseph loved Mary, and Joseph loved God. He was a righteous man. And it was after he made that decision that he would not do all of that harm to her and that he would simply divorce her quietly or, or break the engagement quietly. It was after he made that decision that the same angel that appeared to Mary appeared to him and said that what she had told him was all true and that he should go ahead 
and marry her. Love does cause us to do crazy things sometimes. In Mark's gospel, fast forwarding now 30 years from that story, we're going to hear a story about Mary and Jesus. Now Jesus is an adult. He's in his earthly ministry. And uh, we have this interesting story about Jesus in relationship to his family and his priorities. So in the third chapter of the Gospel of Mark, it says this. One time, Jesus entered a house, and the crowds began to gather again. Soon he and his disciples couldn't even find time to eat. You ever been that busy where you, you're so busy you don't even have time to eat? For me, that's rare, but I, I do have that experience on occasion. When his family heard what was happening, they tried to take him away. He's out of his mind, they said. Wow. Did they just call Jesus crazy? It's interesting, but that's probably not what was being said. In fact, Bible scholars believe that what they were saying, not that he is crazy, he's out of his mind, but that what he is doing is unsustainable, that he's putting himself in a dangerous position. One, he's being surrounded by people who are not necessarily the right people, the people that you would necessarily want to hang out with. He was hanging out with all kinds of people that were gathered in this crowd. And the crowds just continued to grow, and so he was busier and busier and busier and not taking care of himself. And as the crowds grew, as his influence grew, the hostility from the religious leaders was growing as well. They were becoming more and more agitated, more and more uncomfortable, more and more angry with Jesus. And so I think his mother and his brothers are looking at this situation and saying, this is a crazy situation. We need to pull him out of this. You know, one commentator that I read said this about Jesus. Jesus was indifferent to the verdict of society. He didn't care what others thought. And I would say that that would include his mother and his brothers as well. Jesus had a different priority. Well, as that story continues on in Mark, uh, picking up in verse 31, it says this, there was a crowd sitting around Jesus, and someone said, your mother and brothers are outside asking for you. Jesus replied, who is my mother? Who are my brothers? Then he said, look, these are my mother and brothers. Anyone who does God's will is my brother and sister and mother. Is this Jesus ignoring his family? Was this Jesus disrespectful of Mary and his brothers? Saying he didn't care about them? Of course not. Jesus was making an important point about his first priority, his greatest love. 
And he wanted everybody to get that. And so Jesus, seeing this as a teaching moment, made this really important point that these folks who were most interested in the kingdom of God, these people who are loving the thing that I love, are as close to me as my own family. It's a love story. It's true that sometimes make, love makes you do seemingly crazy things. And so we need to be really intentional about those things that we choose to love. Because love is always a choice, right? So we need to be very intentional. You need to be very intentional about the things that you love. Jesus made it clear from his perspective, his first love, his greatest priority. And he said these words, and Matthew captured them and put them into his gospel. In the sixth chapter, we read that Jesus said this, Seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously, and he will give you everything you need. His top priority, the thing that was most important to him, his first love was the kingdom of God. Here at Hope Church, we say that the kingdom of God is anywhere that God's will and God's way prevails. It's not just heaven, although in heaven, God's will and God's way prevails perfectly. It's imperfect anywhere it's expressed on earth, but there are expressions of the kingdom of God here on earth. And maybe you see them in the church. Maybe you see them in your home. My prayer is that you experience them in your own life. Jesus said that the kingdom of God is within you. The kingdom of God is within you. In other words, when your highest priority is a love for God and God's will and God's way, the kingdom of God literally is living within you. That was Jesus' highest priority. Our first love should be the kingdom of God and living our lives seeking to conform to his will and to his way. And to his way. So you may ask the question, you know, what's that look like? I mean, Practically speaking, how do you live your life conforming to God's will and God's way? And I could, you know, go through a list of things, you know, do this and do this and do this and don't do that and don't do that and don't do that. But this morning, I want to make it as simple as possible. Because at the end of the day, it really is simple. It's not easy, but it's simple. Francis Chan, who was a pastor and an author, wrote a book a number of years ago, interestingly titled Crazy Love. And in this book that he wrote that was a bestseller, Francis Chan wrote these words. God's definition for um, what matters, God's definition of what matters is pretty straightforward. He measures our lives 
by how much we love. Our first priority, love God with all our heart, with all our mind, with all our soul, with all our strength, and love our neighbors as ourselves. It's simple, but it's not easy. Jesus was our model for this. Mary modeled this. Why did Mary say yes to an angel that said, in effect, we're going to turn your entire world upside down? She said yes because her first priority was the kingdom of God. She loved God with all her heart. The same is true of Joseph. Joseph loved God more than his own reputation, more than revenge. He loved God with all his heart. And the same is true of Jesus, of course. Jesus loved the kingdom of God more than anything, including his own reputation, his own family, even his own life. The story of Christmas is a love story. And it's got all of this kind of craziness, right? Angels talking to shepherds. Shepherds looking for a baby. Guys following a star. A virgin giving birth. The story of Christmas is a love story. And if I were to write this story, the first thing that I would write in telling that Christmas story would be these words. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him would not perish but have ever lasting life. These are difficult days that we're living in. Our healthcare systems and healthcare workers are feeling strained beyond capacity. Our financial systems are strained, our political systems are strained, our school systems are strained. Everybody is feeling the stress of this pandemic in various ways. And the predictions, unfortunately, for the winter are pretty bleak. And really, there's nothing we can do other than the things that the healthcare professionals are telling us to do. And live in hope that a vaccine has been approved and will soon be available. But in the meantime, we have to continue to do the things that we know to do in order to keep ourselves safe, those who we love safe, and do these things for the sake of others as well. There's one other thing. You can begin each day as you start out your day to make your prayer God, how can I live 
in your kingdom today? How can I express my love for you and through that my love for others as I go through my day? It's so simple and yet it's not easy. But when we do that, friends, we can make a major difference in the world around us when we choose that our first priority and our greatest love is God and the kingdom of God and we want to live our lives rightly aligned to that. Even in the midst of all of the stresses and all of the challenges of this life, we can find joy and hope as we live in love. Hey, let's pray together. Almighty and everlasting God, how grateful we are that you allow us citizenship in your kingdom. Not because of our own righteousness, not because of our ability to do everything right and say everything right, but out of faith in your son Jesus, who you sent as a sacrifice for my sin and for the sin of the whole world. And that as we put our trust in him to be the forgiver of our sin and the leader of our life, that you call us into a life of love. And so, Lord, I pray that today you would show me what it looks like to live love according to your will and purpose in all that I do and in everyone that I meet for the sake of your kingdom which is my greatest priority I pray Father, Son, and Holy Spirit Amen and Amen Hey, have a great week and uh, don't forget to tune in at 8 o'clock tonight it's going to be great